thank you for listening to Be Happy, Healthy and Wealthy. Um, I'm Dr. Irene Cheng with you today, talking about fibromyalgia and uh, a challenging disorder. The reason why I've chosen this uh, topic is because I've got people coming to us about it to discuss and maybe talk a bit more about the underlying um, pathophysiology and also how uh, how to treat it. So if you have any topic that you would like to know a bit more, you can write to me, info at drireneching.co.uk and we can talk about whatever topics you're interested in. I could obviously do some research on it and uh, discuss and make some good information so that people can understand. So stay tuned, subscribe and listen to this podcast. And I'm covering a bit more medical stuff on health because a lot of people have been asking for more of this information. And it is quite clinical because some of these questions from people, they have been asking for uh, proper treatment and that's what I'm going to be talking about. Okay. Now, fibromyalgia is a very, very common problem. Uh, for myself, as a doctor, I've seen a lot of patients with fibromyalgia. And hence, I want to really talk about it. And just to talk about the challenges that we get as doctors. I want to put a disclaimer out there. Whatever treatment you hear on this podcast, you need to, again, talk to your GP about it. So the disclaimer is you need to check with your doctor and not just follow what I've said, okay? Now, do you think that pain is genetics? Yes, it is genetically related. Let me explain. There is a condition called erythromyalgia. In this condition, the patient is born with a lot of peripheral uh, nerve fibers that is on the hands or in the peripheral limbs they've got a lot more pain fibers that means they are more sensitive to pain because those nerve fibers will send a lot of signals to the brain and giving hypersensitivity to pain so and these people are born born genetically predisposed to them as also people who are born with no pain fibers where they just cannot sense pain in these people they do just you know you can just put a needle in them and do not feel any pain at all so you've got this two extreme which is what you don't want you want to, to be in the middle to be in the both extreme is not so good okay we know even with fibromyalgia they are familial predispositioned which is a common thing of course um you, you, there are cases like ankylosing spondylitis, which is just one gene abnormality causing that condition. Uh, fibromyalgia is actually genetically more common uh, compared to uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and it can, uh, you know, runs in the family as well. The genes that uh, may be involved has been implicated, and people have studied about it. Is the serotonin transporters okay? the uh, 5-HT2A receptors polymorphism, also dopamine polymorphisms uh, receptors, COMD, and one of the other one is TRESC, which is a glutamate uh, gene uh, 
which predicts the maintenance and processes of glutamate. And that's why it's important. And these genes have been implicated in fibromyalgia. So let me explain a bit more about pain sensitivity in general population. It is actually in a way kind of map out as a bell curve. So some people are just a bit more sensitive and some people are just less. So it depends where you are on the bell curve. So the way it's been described, it's like a, a volume switch, okay? So it's a volume switch that actually regulates and it's actually influenced by your environment, your stress hormone, your sleep, also previous life experiences, okay? So lightly set by genes that we're born with, so it can be modified by neurohormonal factors and also related to certain life experiences like accident, trauma, psychological issues. And the higher the volume control, the switch setting, the more pain uh, the person will experience. It doesn't matter how much is the pain input coming through, but it's just the way we perceive the pain, how we process the pain. So the pain matrix obviously is a three domain part in our brain central nervous system. So sensory, so it's the one part is the somatosensory cortexes in the brain. Also, you've got your thalamus, posterior insula, the affective side, you've got the anterior cingulate cortex, the anterior insula, and the amygdala, which is so important. Also dependent on your cognitive side as well, what we think and do about pain. So it involves all the region we've mentioned, and most importantly is the prefrontal cortex. Now, what are some of the stresses or triggers? So early life stresses, like uh, trauma as a child, peripheral pain syndrome, like rheumatoid arthritis, SLE, osteoarthritis, physical trauma, like automobile road traffic accidents, and catastrophic events like war, especially some, some people have done some studies on Gulf War, phenomenal, then infection, and like what I say, psychological stress. So how does the central nervous system uh, sense? How can we change the hypersensitivity dial? So what happened is that on the skin where we sense the pain, the pain signal gets sent through the spinothalamic tracks through the spinal cord into the uh, brainstem and then into the cortex. And in the cortex, the processing centers, the uh, pain are actually facilitated by things like substance P. You probably heard about it. Some of the neurotransmitters like glutamate, EAA, serotonin, and also nerve growth factors. So it gets amplified, the volume get turned on. Now our brain also got another switching off system as well. So when it's too heightened, we've got a system that slowly inhibits or bring it down. So these are the inhibition system We've got all this through the descending anti-nociceptic pathway. So we can use the norepinephrine system, serotonin, dopamine, opioid receptors, GABA, cannabinoid, and adenosine. Okay? So that's how we control the system. What are the diagnostic criteria? So according to the ACR diagnostic criteria, they've changed now. 
no longer looking at the tender points that's uh, been used in the past. Now they talk about, you know, how many uh, in the scoring system. So how many parts, like for example, so patient put, uh, you know, tick boxes, how much pain in whichever area over the last, last week. So for example, left shoulder, right shoulder, left hip, right hip, upper leg, lower leg, left, right, lower back, upper back, lower arm, upper arm, chest, abdomen. So from then on, they go down to the scoring of uh, whether they've got fatigue, waking, unrefreshed, cognitive symptoms, and then you, you put a score to it. Is it slight, which is one, moderate is two, severe is three, or is it few symptoms, which is one, or no symptoms is zero, two means moderate, three means great deal of symptoms. So then you add on the score, okay? And then from then on, we come to a conclusion. So a lot of people now have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is, again, um, true studies. People have done some studies where they check the uh, cerebrospinal fluids, do lumbar puncture, and they notice that in patients who's got fibromyalgia, their spinal fluids have got more substance P in them. And that's proof that these people are different, okay? And we've seen fibromyalgia with autonomic instabilities, right? Raynaud's and environmental intolerance. We've seen it related to POTS, which is positional autostatic tachycardia syndrome, either neuropathic type or the hyperadrenergic type. And a lot of them related to mast cell dysfunction as well. And we've seen as well, one of the questions people have been asking, could it be related to chronic sympathetic nervous system activation? And they have actually seen that the continuous long-term activation of the sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic nervous system means the, the fear, flight, fight, you know, in danger type of triggers and activating the nervous system to the point that it changes the neurotransmitters like norepinephrine, dopamine, ATP, adenosine, and the prostaglandin. Now, one of the major thing about fibromyalgia is that it is really related to sleep dysfunction. And it's shown that it can increase wakefulness, it reduce the sleep effectiveness, and also reduce awakening. So insomnia is a major problem, and we've seen a lot of sleep disturbances in fibromyalgia syndrome. Okay, so the other thing is fibromyalgia itself is actually like a spiral. So you get the symptoms of pain and fatigue, and it get processed, and then it causes dysfunction, which is like, for example, it creates the consequences of symptoms, like, for example, in increased distress, decreased activities, poor sleep, and then it causes maladaptive behavior. And then patient gets isolated. And then it creates a full circle where it creates more pain and fatigue and often feedback to creating more spiral down effects. So hence, we need to work on treatment. Treatment on pharmacologically and also non-pharmacologically treatment to help to address the dysfunction. So when we look at treatments, we also look at analysis of their sleep, their mood disorder, what medication they're on, what sort of side effects profile, are they compliant? 
We also look at uh, CBT, which has been proven to help uh, chronic pain. Also, exercise has been help has been proven to sh to help in chronic pain, and it's they've been found to be effective even more than medications. So the only thing is we just haven't got enough trained therapists for patients with chronic pain. So pain psychological tools are also very important. So treatment for anxiety, depression, body relaxation, chronic pain coping, sleep hygiene, biofeedback, stress release, all these are very important uh, psychological tools for patients. Now let's move on to vitamin therapy. Things like, for example, magnesium glycinate, 400 milligrams per day has been found to be effective in fibromyalgia. Uh, we can also use core enzyme Q10, which is 150 milligrams in a day. Boswellia, 300 milligrams twice a day, which is anti-inflammatory. It helps a lot of patients, or especially fibromyalgia patients. We also got polydentine, which is a grapeseed derivative. It helps in, it's like similar to quercetin. Melatonin as well, 3 to 12 milligrams each night. Uh, the extended uh, release type of melatonin seems to be not as effective. And we also talk about adrenal support medicine as well. Now, we also mentioned about pharma pharmacological therapy. So as those listeners who are doctors, or maybe you could ask some of this, but like what I say, you need to check with your doctors. So strong evidence is things like amitriptyline, tricyclic compounds, like SNRIs, like the duloxetine venlafaxine. We also got anticonvulsant like the pregabalin and the gabapentin. With modest evidence, things like tramadol, SSRIs, gamma oxybutyrate, and dopamine agonists. Those with weak evidence are like growth hormone, SAMI, 5-hydroxy, tryptamine, and tropicitron. Those who's got no evidence will be your opioids, your steroids, your NSAIDs, benzodiazepine, and guinefenesins. Okay, so remember treatments of fibromyalgia, they have many first lines, second lines, but again, like what I say, you need to talk to your GP about it. Things like duloxetine, 30 to 120 milligrams per day, pregabalin, 50 to 600 milligrams per day, obviously need type titration. Second line therapy, like your tricyclic, your magnesium, mamantin, low dose naltroxone, lamotrigine, and topiramate. Okay, pregabalin, start low, it's helped with neuropathic pain. And what has been shown is that it, it may actually help with stage three and stage four sleep, which is what happened in the sleep dysfunction. And when people don't go into stage three and stage four sleep, they do not get the restorative sleep. And that's where you uh, you get a lot of uh, healing process going through. So that's why stage three and stage four sleep is very important. Okay. And with the SNRI, which is like duloxetine, has helped. Okay. We also talk about amitriptyline, which is also good with neuropathic pain. Some Neocochrane database review have shown that um, they have been effective. Mantin's been mentioned before, not just for fibromyalgia, also help with trigeminal pain and migraine. So why it's good? Because it works on NMDA. 
And when you get the NMDA um, uh, receptors, as you know, glutamate activates the postsynaptic AMPA receptors. So it enhances the AMDA receptors and it expels the magnesium and promotes calcium influx. So it helps the long-term effects. And so options are the memanti magnesium and any of those AMPA antagonists. Now, oxybate, again, is not approved, but it's approved for narcolepsy. So that one also needs further work because it was rejected by the FDA for fibromyalgia in 2010. Again, try not to use opioids if possible. Okay, the reason why is outside use of opioids are associated with reduced endorphin, reduced acephalins, and increased dynorphins. It also induces the glial cells activation, and it's pro-inflammatory cytokines as well, and also can activate AMDA glutamates. So the question is, there yeah, a lot of questions needs to be asked. Why do we use low-dose naltrexone? because it's inexpensive. It works on the microglial antagonism on the toll-like receptors 4. It also works on the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal hormonal regulation, okay? So the low-dose naltrexone, 4.5 milligrams QHS has been uh, shown to be helpful. And all the other, th those are the important things like interventional treatments, for example, injection therapies, things like trigger point injection or nerve blocks. Again, uh, we need a bit more studies to, to, to analyze it. Acupuncture has been helpful. Future development would be like spinal cord stimulation, deep brain stimulation or transmagnetic stimulation, um, which has been obviously discussed uh, in certain uh, group. So what I'll suggest is uh, those patients who has fibromyalgia do have a listen and most important thing is exercise, education and medication could help and never give up. Okay, thank you for listening and my suggestion is do look out for my podcast and let me know what you're interested to know and talk to me or email me and I will discuss about it in my podcast so that more people will understand a bit more about it. Stay tuned, subscribe, listen and comment. Thank you.